you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. What is up? Welcome to a live edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Show. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, and I'm about 48 hours away from my second shot. So we're getting closer to the end of this whole thing, but we got a busy show, so I won't bother bore you or bother you with any of that stuff. Uh, we are going to do a mock draft here live on the show. Uh, Michael F. Florio and I did one a few months back, so now that the draft has happened, Wanted to get a few friends together and uh, some of our other friends from across the interwebs and do a second one. So let's just kind of jump into this. I want to introduce everybody real quick. First off, uh, you remember him from our April shows who uh, did such a great job uh, kind of getting us ready for a lot of the prospects. It is Matt Okada, uh, another guy that I was just recently lucky enough to meet. He is one of the founders of the Rum Boys Fantasy Network. It is Robbie. Rob, are you just one name, Robbie? Are you like, you know, like Robbie, Rum Boys, Robbie? That's my head. Whatever, you know, it's all good. Thank you guys for having me. Okay. Uh, appreciate you being here. Uh, you have seen her as part of the Ball Blast Network. She was also on this show last offseason. It is the one and only Kate Majuk. Uh, and then our old pal, Michael F. Florio, is back. Uh, he has come back from the hinterlands 
Uh, I guess he wanted to take a break from watching Mets baseball. I'm not sure. But the, how is everybody feeling today? <laughs> Good. It's I'm beyond season. excited. I'm beyond excited. Yeah, it's officially draft season, so All I'm right. ready to go. This is we talk about practice. We talk about okay. Practice. Well, cool. Let's <laughs> well, let's let's get this draft going. Uh, we will start it off right now, just for the purposes of uh, kind of letting everybody know, it is a 12 team. Uh, single quarterback PPR mock redraft league. Uh, I think the earliest of those of us who are here in the group, uh, it's Robbie. You were drafting number four. So the first pick off the board, no surprise, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I mean, Okada, I'll just ask you first. I mean, is is he is he your 1.01? Yeah, he is. I think there's a decent chance he loses some of the obscene snap percentage that he was getting before uh, last year's injury. And comes down a hair, but that's not enough to bring him down to the rest of the pack. I think he's still the 101. All right. So uh, Dalvin Cook goes number two. Saquon Barkley off the board at number three. Robbie, Derrick Henry at number four. Explain yourself. Uh, Derrick Henry is part of the the, the uh, brotherhood. He's part of the fraternity. He keeps winning me championships. So as long as we're <laughs> going to keep winning championships together, we're going to keep running it back. Uh, Okada goes Jonathan Taylor at number five. Uh, Florio, how are you feeling about that? You, you have to be a little bit burned by that. Yeah, I, I knew I wouldn't get him at 11, but Marcus, you know Jonathan Taylor is my guy. So seeing him go, you know, anywhere from like three through five in this draft is where I was hoping he would go because that's where I would take him myself. So Alvin Kamara goes at number six. Uh, I am on the clock at number seven. Ooh, you know, we still haven't had a wide receiver and we're still not going to have one. So I'm going to take Nick Chubb there. I normally would have taken Devontae Adams, but I don't know if you guys have heard. There are some things going on in and around the Green Bay Packers that make me a little bit more nervous about taking Devontae Adams at number six right now. So I'm going to go with Nick Chubb in that spot. I uh, hope he stays healthy and gets just the huge workload uh, that we are used to seeing from him. Um, I mean, Kate, I will ask you, I mean, does all the talk around Aaron Rodgers does that scare you off of Devontae Adams and, and how how much would it push him down if it does it it would um it how much I I'm not really sure but my my wide receiver one I'm not going to mention yet because I'm he's still on the board uh but Devontae Adams you have to be concerned we've just seen such a willingness from Aaron Rodgers to just force feed targets over and over and over again um, we just don't know what are Jordan Love's tendencies. We don't know what to expect. Um, but here, you know what? We've had the next couple of picks. I don't know if you want to announce them so that I can go ahead and draft my wide receiver. One <laughs> yeah, there. well, uh, after Nick Chubb, Tyreek Hill is the first receiver off the board. Travis Kelsey goes uh, with the ninth pick in the first round. And then you went A.J. Brown uh, with, with your first pick there at 10. Austin Eckler goes to Florio at number 11, which pretty much is on brand for Florio. If it's not going to be Jonathan <laughs> Taylor, uh, I know it's pretty much going to be Austin Eckler. But, Kate, explain to me why you like A.J. Brown so much as your wide receiver one oh you've got to love the opportunity that he's about to have uh outside of Derrick Henry he is pretty much the last man standing you had Johnny Smith leaving free agency uh you had Corey Davis leaving free agency you had so many key pieces of that offense they vacated almost half of their target share uh in All this right. past offseason so I think he is going to be that guy and he's gonna get the volume Okay, uh, let's see. Well, after Eckler, then the, at the turn, Ezekiel Elliott's the final pick of the first round. Aaron Jones starts the second round. Then Florio comes back uh, with Cam Akers. Uh, I mean, Florio, I've talked to you enough to know you, you have gotten two of your guys. you got to feel pretty good about your start right now. 
Yeah, uh, Austin Eckler is my RB5 in PPR leagues, like right behind uh, like Jonathan Taylor, Saquon Barkley, those guys. And then Cam Akers is someone I'm really high on. I have him as an RB1 in my top 10. Uh, I think with Matt Stafford stretching the field out more than Jared Goff ever will and throwing more to running backs, his ceiling is just so high. So I'm absolutely loving this start that I have right now. Uh, and I, I would be remiss to, to not mention, uh, Kate, you went Najee Harris. So we have our first rookie off the board uh, early in the second round. I will say I feel good about that. In fact, uh, you know, I'll, I'll ask you, Robbie. I mean, how how do you feel about Najee Harris early second round? I feel like that's a good spot for him. I, I worry about him going first round, but I feel like second round's okay. Second round, absolutely okay. I would definitely take him there on the on, on the back end. Um, it, it, exactly what what uh, Kate did there. Um, that's where I've been seeing him fall most of the time that I've been mocking this week. So that that that, that, that that's about normal. All right. Uh, so after Harris, Stefan Diggs goes with the fourth pick in the second round. DK Metcalf right after that. Uh, I am on the clock here, and I'm looking, and Devontae Adams is still sitting there, and I'm still too concerned. I don't know where to go here. Um. I think I have been on the record as saying I got to get at least one solid running back out of the first two rounds. I'm going to try and get two running backs in the first two rounds. So I am going to take Miles Sanders right here. Um, Yeah, I'm going to take Miles Sanders. So I'm going to start with Nick Chubb, Miles Sanders. Uh, There were some other running backs on the board that I just didn't feel quite as confident in. Uh, I won't mention their names. I'll mention them a little bit later once they get picked. But I feel like of the guys that are sort of in this range, Miles Sanders, I feel like, uh, maybe has the best opportunity, and especially if the Eagles can figure out their passing game a little bit more. I feel pretty good uh, about that one there. Um, all right, so we have had four wide receivers drafted, one tight end drafted. This is a very running back heavy early. Now Devontae Adams finally goes off the board uh, with the seventh pick in the second round. Um so that's where his fall stops for now. I'm curious to see as we get through the summer how it goes. Okay, so Matt, you went, uh, Matt Okada went with Joe Mixon. Um, are you expecting drafts to be this running back heavy? Is this going to be the norm, you think, for a lot of drafts uh, going Let's, forward? Oh! Uh. <laughs> Wait, who's upset? Antonio Gibson just went off the board and it got a reaction out of someone. Robbie <laughs> one, was happy. One, one I, I, went, I, went, I went a little homer, but two. We got Sam Cosby that we just got in in, in, the, in the NFL draft. Sheriff is going to be sticking around for another year on that front line as well. I think this guy could very well, if I'm rubbing into my crystal ball, he will possibly end as RB6. Let's go. Ooh. Wow. Wow. That's spicy. Um, I, I mean, but Matt, is, is, do you think all drafts are going to be this running back heavy early on, or is this just you know us us nerds who do this early? No, I think we're going to see this be the case pretty often. I mean, the Devontae Adams thing certainly doesn't help because he would have been in the first round if not for this, you know, Aaron Rodgers issue. But outside of that, running back just falls off so hard after the first couple rounds. And wide receiver is so good in rounds four, five, six in that area that it just makes sense to, to target running backs here. So I could see this being the case the way the NFL is going right now for a lot of redraft leagues. So after Gibson, Justin Jefferson, uh, the 2.10, DeAndre Hopkins right after that, J.K. Dobbins finishes out the second round with Michael Thomas starting the third. Uh, Darren Waller is the second pick in the third round. So we've got two tight ends. And there's George Kittle. Woo. That was going to, if I don't think he was going to make it all the way to the seventh pick of this round. But if he somehow lasted to me, uh, I wasn't going to let Kittle go. So our top three tight ends uh, are now off the board. 
Uh, and Calvin Ridley goes fourth to Robbie in the third round. So it's back to Okada. Um, three three tight ends, the top three tight ends off in the third round. I mean, Florio, it that doesn't seem bad. I'm almost surprised that it went as long as it did. I'm surprised that Waller and Kittle lasted until the third round. Surprised they didn't they didn't you know get snatched up in the second. Yeah, unless I'm drafting like late in the first round, like I was, and I could get two of the players that I value as an RB one. I pivot to tight end then. Like Marcus, we talk about it a lot. How this year the strategy, at least for us, is the big three tight ends or wait because I'm so sick of just getting burned by these. Middle round tight ends that we think have upside, Tyler Higby, Evan Ingram, those guys from last year who burned me. It's just every year someone is, you know, you, you get hyped up and then they end up not coming through. So big three tight end or wait. So uh, after Kittle, Calvin Ridley, Terry McLaurin, DeAndre Swift goes sixth. Uh, so now I am left with a decision to make here. Hmm. I'm going to go kind of outside of what I would normally do. I'm going to go with a third straight running back. I'm going to take Josh Jacobs here. Um, you know, I don't I don't love the Raiders situation at running back, but Josh Jacobs is a third running back. I'm totally okay with. Um, you know, so I, I, I feel like that's kind of a safe move to make at this point. I feel like I can hopefully get some good wide receivers coming up after this and be all right. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, third round, right after Josh Jacobs. Uh Kate, you are on the board right now. So it goes Patrick Mahomes, it goes Clyde Edwards Alaire. And I will ask you how you feel about that once you have made your pick. Oh gosh. Darn <laughs> you. Um, I'm I'm going Chris Carson here, but uh, Clyde Edwards Alaire would have been the pick. Uh, I feel like him falling to nearly the nearly the fourth round is uh, just a, a stigma of our burns from the 2020 season. He's going to perform, I think, as an RB1. I, I think he's gonna get it this season. I feel like, you know, like you said, I think the the Edwards Hilaire disappointment was more about the expectations we put on him than anything he did wrong necessarily. Um, and I'm watching here as uh, Florio goes Keenan Allen. The round ends with Allen Robinson, and I'm kicking myself a little bit because I was hoping maybe in the off chance that uh, you know one of those two receivers would have fallen to me, yeah, but that same. that. That didn't work. <laughs> so. Florio, you know there are teams outside of Los Angeles, right? Keenan <laughs> Allen is the steal of the draft so far. Late third round for a guy who's going to get 100 catches this year with an improved O-line there. From just, and then and then this is going to be the most on-brand pick I can make. The, the, the uh, L.A. Florios. <laughs> oh, there you well, go, a non-L.A. player. He goes outside of L.A. and gets C.D. Lamb. So uh, after Robinson, it's David Montgomery to start the fourth round. C.D. Lamb right after that. Miles Gaskin, who uh, I think yeah, maybe was one of the big winners of the draft. Kate takes him uh, with the third pick in the fourth round. Um, Okada, how do you feel about David Montgomery this year? Um, I feel okay about him, which is pretty much, I think, what he deserves every year because that's kind of the player that he is and the offense that he's in. I think that getting Justin Fields helps. It is a better quarterback, which means the offense will be better. It is a running quarterback, which typically helps open up the game for running backs. But I think it's also important to remind everyone that Tariq Cohen should be coming back. Unless you think that Tariq Cohen is just some random guy that's not really going to steal any snaps, he is one of the most prevalent third down backs in the league, and I think he will take some work away from Montgomery. That And that volume is help, what helped make Montgomery that RB1 kind of player last year. 
So after Gaskin, uh, Amari Cooper, James Robinson are the next two picks. So at this point, I, I, I have to get a wide receiver. And I'm going to go – I'm this is a pick that I love now and I may regret like come midseason, but I still believe in Chris Godwin. Uh, I know mm-hmm. last year was not great, and I know that, you know, Antonio Brown is, is – but like I – I still believe that Chris Godwin is the best receiver on that team. And at some point they're going to recognize that. And at some point Tom Brady is going to you know, throw him the ball like it is. So uh, I'm going to make him my wide receiver one. I don't think he'll be the wide receiver two overall, like he was a couple of years ago, but I do think he's going to be uh, a lot more productive than we saw last year. Like I said, I could get to like, you know, week five and be like, that was a terrible idea. Um, but, <laughs> but right now, right now I'm sort of buying into this one a little bit. I love uh, it. Uh, if you look back to uh, his production in the 2020 season, not a ton is different actually from his 2019 season, other than his yards after the catch, huge drop off there, but he was banged up so much of the season. I think he's going to make a huge comeback. Thank you for making me feel better about that. Uh, <laughs> Florio, how are we feeling about Kyler Murray being the number two quarterback off the board? I don't have an issue with him being the number two quarterback. Like, I personally would go Josh Allen, but Kyler Murray is my QB three. Um, I just – it's a lot like last season where, like, you had to pay up for Mahomes and Lamar, and I just think that you could wait a few rounds and get similar production in that second tier of quarterback. So I wouldn't be taking a QB in the fourth round, but – I mean, if you're going to, Kyler Murray's a great pick. Uh, we have our second rookie off the board. Robbie, tell me why you love Travis Etienne. One of the two out of the backfield between Robinson and Etienne are going to eat. Um, as much as I have had faith in, in, in the UDFA uh, and James Robinson, uh, Etienne was brought there for a reason. I think that him and Trevor Lawrence are going to automatically have chemistry. So for that, I'm buying in and I'm, I'm going to have some faith there. All right, so after ETN, Mike Evans uh, comes off the board. Um, any guesses when the, the next tight end is going to come? Just uh, I, I will. I don't. I'll, I'll say, let's say sixth round, over under uh, on the next tight end coming off the board. Um, I'm not going to say that. That shows my hand. Under. <laughs> I'll say under. I then think I'll say under now. <laughs> Uh, all right, so after Mike Evans, Julio Jones uh, is Finally. the second-to-last pick in the fourth round. Uh, Cooper Cup will end the fourth round, so we got a little mini run on wide receivers here to end the fourth round uh, and getting ready to start the fifth. Um, Okada, any fear of Julio getting traded? No. I don't have any fear of him getting traded. They've shown so much commitment to wanting to get him there and keep him there long term. I don't think it's going to happen. It it could, I suppose, but there I, I don't really know why they would. They've got an offense that is set up to win. Seems reasonable to try to do that with Julio for one more year at least. All right, so we're still waiting on the first pick in the fifth round. Um, so I'm just like, look at this. I mean... I think we have hit the spot where, you know, you mentioned that running back drop off. And I feel like we have sort of reached that point where mm-hmm. now you're looking at, you know, you're looking at the running backs that are sort of out there right now and you're comparing them to the, the ah. wide receivers. Ah, and we had a timeout. Uh, so Lamar Jackson ends up being the, the first pick in the fifth round. So we'll see 
uh, if Mogi, who is our number one drafter, is able to get back in, or if we're just going to be, uh, you know, stuck stuck with the auto draft there. But uh, the fifth round underway with Lamar Jackson. Um, I mean, Kate, how do you feel about Lamar maybe bouncing back this year? He he underperformed by our standards, by our lofty standards. Uh, does he does he rebound this year? I think he's got a good chance to rebound, but I will fully admit um, I, Lamar Jackson was sort of the the ultimate proof of concept in the late round running back uh, this past year. As soon as you buy in, every time I get sold into uh, taking a guy like a, a tight end when I, I drafted Gronk finally in the first round, tanked, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson second round tanked. It just goes to show you got to invest in those late round picks because these guys can uh, there, there's just not there's so much volatility there at times. I'd I'd rather take the safer route and and use a late rounder. Robbie shows his cards. He takes Kyle Pitts. Uh, so after Lamar Jackson, Raheem Mostert, Raheem Mostert's the five dot two. Josh Allen third pick in the fifth round. And Robbie, you pulled the trigger on yeah. Kyle Pitts. I mean, I don't have to ask why you like him. I think I think that that sort of goes without saying. Uh, but Florio, I will ask you: Is this? Do you think this is going to be the going rate for for Kyle Pitts in drafts? I think he is going to be in that tier with T.J. Hawkinson and Mark Andrews. Like, I think there's a big three, and then Hawkinson goes right after. Hawkinson goes right after. I think think there's going to be a second tier with just because the upside of that those three bring. Uh, and, and Pitts is the one. I know I said big three or weight. He is the one. Him and Hawkinson are the two actually that I consider in like the the we're in the fifth round now, like the fifth sixth round. If they're still there, I consider taking them. Well, we have a tight end run from Pitts to Hawkinson wow. to Mark <laughs> Andrews. So any thoughts I might have had of taking a tight end are done now because uh, I don't think there's anybody really left hanging around that I want to take at this spot midway through the the fifth round. Um, so I'm looking at three running backs and a wide receiver. Uh, you know what? I am, I'm going to go back to the wide receiver well. And uh, you can call me a homer, Florio, if you want. But I'm taking Bobby Trees. <laughs> oh, right I got sniped. I was like, I was like I was Bobby, Bobby Trees with, with Matthew Stafford now in town just seems like a great value, especially in the fifth round. So I feel pretty good uh, about, my, about my wide outs here. Chase Edmonds. Yeah. right after that no you um, definitely definitely have to marcus um really quick on that tight end run i was flipped i was deciding between kyle pitts or either going back and getting a receiver in bobby trees but i was like let me go ahead and set off the set off the tight end run because <laughs> i didn't want mogi who just who just idled lamar jackson to end up with the lamar uh, uh andrew stat so i was like let me just set it off and then hopefully boom boom, boom and it played out well look at you just kicking over dominoes man <laughs> just kicking <laughs> over dominoes. fantasy psychology and just letting it work. Um, so Robert Woods, Chase Edmonds, Adam Thielen goes with the ninth pick, and uh, Kate Deontay Johnson. Um, you've got two Steelers. Can I can I call you a homer? <laughs> I, you can officially give me the title of homer, but honestly, letting letting Deontay Johnson slip this far. He's 24 years old, uh, had uh, so many games, one, two, three, four, uh, probably, uh, I don't know the number, nine games of 10 or more targets last season. Had a case of the dropsies coming off a pretty, pretty nasty concussion there. He's going to have a huge, monstrous season. And I think uh, Najee's only going to help his cause and put them in more scoring opportunities. PPR machine. Uh, I mean, I know, Flora, you were the guy who said repeatedly that in games that Deontay Johnson started and finished, 
uh, he was lights out. Now, there were a couple games that he started in this third, didn't finish, uh, and that sort of changed the equation. But when he was on the field for four quarters, um, he was very, very good. Um, and looking, and clock management here in the, the 12th spot has quietly put together a pretty nice start to the draft, I would say. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, Aaron Jones, Allen Robinson, David Montgomery, and then his last two picks on the turn, Kenny Galladay and Brandon Ayuk. Um, that's my boy. That's a good start. I feel like that's a that's really clock. <laughs> so DJ Moore uh, goes to the second pick in the sixth round to Florio. Kate takes Dak Prescott. Uh, so we have what two, four, five quarterbacks now off the board. Um, this is, I feel like, the new thing now, uh, Okada. That that quarterbacks coming off the board, you know, in in large numbers in rounds, mostly what's they call it, four through six. Um, yeah, there are still the weight on a quarterback folks out there, Matt, but I feel like taking quarterbacks early is kind of becoming a little bit more fashionable now. Yeah, I think what's kind of happened is we've, the, the general fantasy community community on the whole has stopped taking quarterbacks in round one or two because we've been hammering it in as analysts for <laughs> enough years. So it's not happening. But what that means is that now in the fourth, fifth, sixth round, when the running backs we can get aren't, you know, primary starters or ball, ball hogs and the wide receivers we can get are good, but maybe in a huge tier where you can get a bunch of them and still get some more later. There's still these quarterbacks left that are super elite. Dak Prescott, in my opinion, super elite. Josh Allen last round, super elite. And so to see these guys here sitting in the fifth, in the fifth and sixth rounds, it at this point, it kind of makes sense because it's like I can take a wide receiver and get another one just like him in another round. Or I can take a quarterback here that is a step above the rest, a tier above the rest. And so it actually kind of makes sense to me. All right. So uh, after yeah. Prescott, DJ Chark, Leonard Fournette. Uh, I see the clock is ticking on my pick here. And so I am going. All right. Fight on forever. We're going Juju Smith-Schuster <laughs> here. Uh, USC run. Yeah, I'm going, I'm going by my Trojans here. I go, I go oh. Robert Woods. I followed up with Juju. Um, you know, if I get really crazy, maybe we'll throw Sam Donald in the mix a little bit later. Probably not, but you know, you know <laughs> uh, so our, uh, is that our first rookie wide receiver? Jamar Chase yeah. is, uh, is now off yep. the board. So that's our first rookie wide receiver. Um, I mean, Robbie is, is he the top rookie wide receiver for you on the board this year? Uh, yes, yes. That's actually who I was going to go after. So I got sniped. <laughs> um but but yeah uh, absolutely top rookie wide receiver when you reunite and it feels so good him and joe burrow you gotta feel real thorough about that you gotta feel good i just rhymed and i did it on purpose well rookie and run. uh matt okada follows it up with Devonte smith i mean i guess i should have asked you okada because you are sort of the resident wide receiver guy here in this draft is is it chase as your number one wide out for the rookies not even close, Marcus. <laughs> listen, if you if any of you guys listened to the April podcast, you heard me raving about Devontae Smith. He was my number one coming in, and he got by far the best landing spot. Jamar Chase goes somewhere where there are two other wide receivers that I think are wide receiver one for an NFL team ready. Though they won't all be that, but he has a lot more competition. Devontae Smith is clear-cut the best target on that team. I think he has the opportunity for Justin Jefferson-like rookie season. Uh, so then, Robbie, you followed up with Brandon Cooks. Any any fear about Deshaun Watson's future when you draft Brandon Cooks? Um, 
I, I do have fear, but they also got, got Mills in the draft. And I feel like, you know, when you bring in a rookie, you're going to rely on him to just chuck it up there. Uh, and Brandon Cooks, no matter who's throwing the ball, always puts up numbers. So I'm going to play it safe. That, that's a pretty chalk pick for me right there, but I'm, I'm going to go ahead and play it chalk. I mean, speaking of which, I, I am curious if Deshaun Watson gets drafted. I mean, you know, ever since obviously all the news headlines have come out, um, you know, it, it, it's always awkward to sort of kind of juxtapose very serious real life situations with fantasy football. That unfortunately is sort of what we do here. Um, and because of that, I mean, you know, Deshaun Watson has been falling a yep. lot and I'm very curious to see where or even if uh, he gets drafted here in this mock or in a lot of leagues uh, at this point. Um, End of the sixth round goes Chase Claypool, Tyler Lockett, Odell Beckham. Um, Kate, any idea? I, I don't know what to do with Odell. He's kind of that one guy that I, mm. you know, we know what he can be, but it's also been a little while since we have seen that version of him. Do you have any idea uh, what the expectation should be for OBJ? <laughs> um, I'm super excited about Odell. I think uh, it all comes down to, at this point, just maximum value. You get him at the end of the sixth round. Um, at that point, for the upside that you're getting with that pick, um, I, I think the risk is low enough to account for it. He's had just some some fluky injuries. It's not like I, I think we would label him injury prone at this point. Um, just a, a run of bad luck. He's still the wide receiver one on that offense. And uh, I, I don't know that they'll move on because they've got a lot of money left to pay him still. Uh, we we could see OBJ on the rebound. All right. So uh, he ends the sixth round. Marquise Hollywood Brown starts the seventh round. Are we back to calling him Hollywood now? I mean, by the end of last year, I think he was like Van Eyes Brown. He was like <laughs> North he's Hollywood a, Brown. Yeah, he's got to earn it. He's got to earn it. Yeah, Crenshaw Brown, he's got to earn it. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so right now he's just Marquise Brown. So we'll just go with that um, for him right now. Jalen Waddle is right after him. So the three top rookie receivers are off the board. Jerry Judy goes third pick in the seventh round. T. Higgins uh, in the in the seventh round. Look, I will say this. Uh, because of the Jamar Chase excitement, understandably, um, Robbie, I feel like T. Higgins in the seventh is really good value. Yeah, I feel like I, I feel like I got a steal there, and I was honestly debating between him or Cook. So to end up with them both, like to get both the guys I was, you know, debating on, it works out pretty well. So after Higgins, Justin Herbert goes to Matt Okada, Lavisca Chenault, who I have, you know, I've made no bones at. I am a fan of. Uh, he goes in the seventh round with the sixth pick. So it's back to me and. Well, look, if Russell Wilson's just going to sit there, then I'm just going to go on ahead and do that. Um, you know, like, I know he's not really happy necessarily in Seattle, but he's still Russell Wilson. And if, if you're going to let me have him with the seventh pick in the seventh round, uh, I'm going to do that. And right after him goes Javante Williams. That was going to be my pick. If Russell Wilson wasn't sitting there, I was going to take Javante Williams. Um, I mean, Florio, any, any concern about – Javante having to share time with Melvin Gordon this year. Yeah, I think that was a pretty bad landing spot for his 2021 purposes because Melvin Gordon's not going to go away. I mean, maybe they do try to get out from under his contract, but if he is on the roster, he is not going to go away. They're paying him a good amount of money. Uh, I think Javante Williams, because they're out of Melvin Gordon after this season, 
I think the, the game plan is probably run Melvin Gordon a lot this year and then set Javante, uh, Javante free in 2022. That is sort of the thing I was, I was thinking. I mean, I will say that because I sort of had my heart set on Javante in a place like Atlanta or Miami. It was their I, pick. When I saw, when I saw ah. him go to, uh, to Denver, I was a little bit heartbroken, but I've kind of gotten over it and I've gotten better and I feel okay about it. Uh, Joe Burrow goes with the uh, 7.9. Will Fuller goes to Kate there uh, at 7.10. And Aaron Rodgers, Florida, you're going Aaron Rodgers, so you're not – you're not concerned about him I, and his being disgruntled, huh? I'm building the uh, the Cortland Sutton Aaron Rodgers stack because Okada stole oh. Justin Herbert. I, I really wanted oh. the Justin Herbert, Eckler, Keenan Allen stack, but with that gone, I got Sutton now. So I'll just get I'll get his future quarterback. All you're, right. You're not a believer that that, that uh, Aaron Rodgers is trying to pressure his way back to back to sunny California. I think he wanted to. I think if it was going to happen, it would have happened before the draft. On uh, I thought on draft day was you know the Niners were trying, but. I don't I don't foresee them now doing it, giving up Trey Lance to get him. I, I think Denver, though, seems to be the, the spot with the most smoke right now. Which it does seem to be the spot with the most smoke. I think it was interesting that they would still do this after trading for a quarterback just a few days ago. But saying that and also realizing that if you have a chance to go and get a guy like Aaron Rodgers, you go and get a guy like Aaron Rodgers. Um, and you don't worry about what you've done. You figure it out, basically, uh, <laughs> is is the way that works. Um, so after Rodgers, James Conner goes at the end of the seventh round. Rashad Bateman starts at the top of the eighth. Uh, Okada, I got to ask, I mean, your thoughts about Bateman in Baltimore. Uh, you know, we know that Marquise Brown didn't, at least you know, so far, hasn't been the number one wide receiver the Ravens hoped they were getting. Uh, can Rashad Bateman be closer to that guy? Yeah, I think he can be closer to it. I actually like him better as an all-around receiver prospect than I liked Marquise Brown. So I think if one of them is going to step up to be more of a wide receiver one for the Ravens, I don't think that means he'll be one for fantasy. But for the Ravens, yes, I think Bateman can. That being said, it's tough for him because they do still have Marquise Brown. They also have Mark Andrews, and they went and got my boy later in the draft. They've got uh, And they don't have enough targets to go around. Like, this is an offense that throws less than any team in the league. They do not have a lot of targets to go around between all the guys they've got now, which is good for the Ravens and good for Lamar Jackson, but not necessarily good for Rashad Bateman. So after Bateman – oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I see a lot of people on Twitter saying, like, Bateman is going to be the wide receiver one there, and Marquise Brown had a whole bunch of targets. And my thinking is either they're going to spread those targets out and it's not going to be great for either of them – or if they are actually going to try to throw more this year, that is not going to be good for fantasy for Lamar Jackson. Mm-mm. Yeah, I just, I, you know, I think it's okay. I don't, I don't love it. I, I'm, I tend to stay away from Ravens wide receivers just because I don't. I think even the best of them uh, just doesn't give you a whole lot necessarily. Uh, so after Bateman, Melvin Gordon, Kenyon Drake. My boy, Ronald Jones. So that's one less Trojan out there for me to draft. Uh, Rob Gronkowski and... So now I got to figure out what I'm going to do here as the uh, the clock is ticking down on my pick. And uh, I, I look at the running backs and it, it makes my stomach hurt. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I think. Uh, what do I do here? I'm going to go Mike Gasicki and I'm going to regret it later. I know that I am, um, but I'm going to take Mike Gasicki partially because he is 
he's listed as a tight end. That is his position. But if you watch how the Dolphins used him, they used him a lot as a slot receiver. And I know they went and they've added some wide receiver help uh, this year. You know, they got Will Fuller. Uh, they they drafted Jalen Waddle. But I still think there is a place for Gasicki in this offense. Um, and just seeing kind of what else was out there, um, that seemed like the best of best of an okay lot. So, um, you know, I will admit that I don't necessarily love it. But um, that's also what happens when you're talking and you're letting the clock run down and you suddenly have to make a pick <laughs> before uh, the clock runs out. Uh, that's going to be my excuse. Um, Tyler Boyd next. Jarvis Landry uh, goes right after him. Um, I will say, Robbie, how are we feeling about, about tight ends at this point, though? I mean, this is this is kind of dart throw territory now, right? right? Once, once we get past, say, Mark Andrews, it really is sort of – you're drafting, but you're streaming, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, but there's definitely, you know, some, 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 you know, sleeper value that 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 that's you know left out there. Um, it, at this point, I kind of just start going for my guys and just, you know, get getting getting kind of whatever I want. Like right here, I'm gonna just grab Corey Davis just just because I think that you know he'll be he'll probably be the most dominant receiver up there for the Jets. All right, well, I'm gonna ask you then, since you drafted Corey Davis, do you like Zach Wilson? Um, I, I think I think it'll be a lot. I think it'll be a lot better. I mean, you don't have, you don't have to be diplomatic, all right? You I, like, I like Zach Wilson. It's the Jets that I don't like. Okay, as an organization, if that makes sense. Um. So after after Davis, Zach Moss, uh, then David Johnson comes off the board. So David Johnson uh, finally drafted. Uh, one pick left in the eighth round before we start the ninth. Um, I mean, let's so let's talk about the Jets a little bit, though. Uh, I mean, Florio, obviously, you know, we made no bones on our show how we felt about Adam Gase and people in an Adam Gase offense. He is not there anymore, but I still feel like the the ghost of Gase is still hanging around there. Like, is it going to take us a year or two to sort of shake this idea of of this organization? Because it's just like for so many years, everything the Jets touched kind of fell apart. Um, or are we going to be, you know, intuitive enough to kind of realize that this is a new situation? They're cursed. I, I think mm. that until they are not the Jets, they are still going to be viewed as being the Jets. <laughs> like we've seen how many coaching staffs come in and not really be able to turn it around for them. Uh, I will say I think they've given Wilson a much better situation than they really ever given Sam Darnold. But he still needs to go out and prove that he could play. And, and it's not like they have. You know, they got Corey Davis and they got some nice pieces, but it's not like they went out and got like, you know, what the Bills did for Josh Allen or or what the Cardinals did for Kyler Murray. They still don't have an elite true wide receiver one. So I do think it could be better, but I don't think it's going to be great. Although, Marcus, I will say for the first time ever, I think I'm going to try to grab Sam Darnold late in drafts. Ooh, I look. I mean, I, I, I have admitted repeatedly that I don't think I can be rational about Sam Darnold. Um I feel like he had a rough go of it in New York. It was a, a bad situation. I felt like both for him and the Jets' sake, they had to part Oh, uh, that, re that response Whoa. is Michael Carter just went off the board. As we're talking about oh, the Jets, boy. Michael Carter goes off the board with the third pick in the ninth round. I'm going with Davis and that. Davis. So the, the eighth round ends with Evan Ingram. The ninth round starts with Todd Gurley, uh, Kirk Cousins, Michael Carter. Now Mike Davis is off the board. Um which, by the way, we talk about Miles Gaskin being a big winner in the draft. Mike Davis ends up ends up being a big winner in the draft. I mean, I was 
very surprised that the Falcons didn't go out and get a running back. I mean, I had, like I said, I, I had sort of hoped that maybe they would get uh, Javante Williams or, or even you know, Travis Etienne, somebody like that. Um, but Mike Davis ends up being a big winner. I mean, Kate, I'll ask you. I, well, actually, I'll, yeah, I'll ask you, Kate. I mean, how do you feel about Mike Davis? Like, obviously, Robbie likes him because he drafted him. Um, do we feel confident with, with Mike Davis considering the way he sort of faded down the stretch last year? I don't have full confidence. I will say, obviously, they did not make really any moves in the draft, which is pretty, pretty bonkers. Um, if I'm like a Mike Davis manager in, say, Dynasty formats, this is my time to sell because I don't think with those caliber weapons, you've got Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts, like you have a winning offense. I think they're going to need to make some move before the season to really firm up this offense and secure the running back position. I'm just not a huge Mike Davis fan, but um, I, I think he's a really great uh, guy to, to sort of spell the offense and, and, you know, get those change of pace routes. So we get an answer to the question, will Deshaun Watson get drafted? And he does. Uh, he goes with the sixth pick in the ninth round. So that has brought things back around to me. And... I guess if we're at the point where we're just sort of kind of getting our guys or getting guys we're interested in, I'm going to go and maybe this is a little bit of a reach, but I'm going to do it anyway. And I'm going to take Rondale Moore here, uh, mm, this situation. Okay. Um, just very curious. I'm just curious to see what this fit's going to be like. I think the Cardinals are sort of making a statement about how they feel about their wide receivers by going and getting AJ Green and then drafting Rondale Moore. I think that Ooh. basically means, you know, the party's over for Andy Isabella and Keyshawn Johnson and Hakeem Butler and all those guys, you know, that you know, they went and drafted three guys uh, just a couple of years ago. I think they've realized that that's just not working out. I think it's also a way to kind of light a fire under Christian Kirk, but I'm also not going to get the, you know, fall for the banana in the tailpipe with Christian Kirk again this year. So I'm going to, I'll take the shot at Rondale Moore uh, and see what he has to offer. Um, uh, one quick thing. I'll just throw it back around to an earlier question about Kyler Murray at QB two. Rondell Moore, that landing spot's not great for him, and it's not great for any receiver in Arizona, but I think it's really good for Kyler Murray to get a guy like that who he does not have to try hard to get the ball to, and all of a sudden the ball is 50 yards down the field in the end zone because that's who Rondell Moore is. Kyler Murray got arguably the best weapon of any of these top quarterbacks in the draft. Do you feel di Would you feel different about... Rondale Moore because we we still don't officially know what Larry Fitzgerald's going to do right does that does mm -hmm. that impact you at all if 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 Fitz decides to hang him up which is the expectation do you feel differently about Rondale Moore no nah, probably not really I think if Fitz does hang him up the targets get distributed so much between everyone else that Rondale Moore doesn't really see enough for a huge bump and I'm almost kind of even looking at it already as if I expect Fitz to be gone so I don't think I'm going to be taking more myself, although at this point in the draft's not a bad point probably to do it. I'm just really excited about what Kyler's going to do regardless of what Fitz does. Uh, so, oh. Oh, so after Rondale Moore, let me catch you up. After Rondale Moore, it goes Trevor Lawrence. Damian Harris uh, is taken. Hunter Henry comes off the board with the 10th pick of the ninth round. Florio, you went Trey Sermon, which I don't blame you. I mean, I, <laughs> I feel like getting any part of – as much as the Niners' backfield confuses and frustrates us, we all still kind of want a piece of it. Uh, and Trey Sermon seems like a really great option. In fact, uh, Raheem Mostert, I think, is the only other Niner running back that has been drafted so far. Uh, so Mostert goes – or uh, Sermon, rather, goes late Mar in the ninth Marcus, round. Marcus, you're – 
You're a Niners fan. Uh, I, I kind of took some heat the other day for saying, like, Jeff Wilson is still going to be competition for, for Trey Sermon. I, I feel like he is Kyle Shanahan's new Tevin Coleman. Am, am I crazy for that? I don't think you're crazy for it. I mean, it that gives me the sads because I felt like <laughs> I felt like Tevin Coleman was square peg in a round hole, right? That, like, all the other guys would be playing well. Uh, and then they would try to force feed Tevin Coleman and it would just kind of ground everything to a halt. So uh, in that respect, I hope he is not Tevin Coleman. Um, <laughs> I hope he is Tevin Coleman in the sense of Kyle Shanahan loves him and wants to keep getting him on the field as much as possible. So if if that's what you mean by he's the new Tevin Coleman, I'm all <laughs> for it. Uh, if you mean he's Tevin Coleman as in he's like a human brake pad for the offense, then not that. No, then no, I don't, I don't <laughs> want that. Um Dr. Sermon, Tom Brady finishes out the ninth round. Christian Kirk starts the 10th round. Curtis Samuel, uh, second pick in the in the 10th round, which, man, that feels that feels like a great pick right there. Great steal, uh, Florio. I, that's a the, great steal for Florio there. The, the one lesson, scroll down on some of these sites because he was buried yep. in the list of names. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a great pick right there. Kate goes Jamison Crowder, Sony Michelle right after that, and Nicole Hardman. So I am uh, back on the clock here, and hmm. Well, you know what? This is where I uh, this is where I get my my Matt Stafford Robert Woods Ooh. stack and put that Ooh. together right here. Nice. Yeah, I was you know I was trying to figure out where can I where can I build a, a good stack, and you know Brady's gone. Um, I'm not quite ready for. Jalen Hurts or, or somebody like that. So I, I'm going to go with the Matt Stafford, Robert Woods potential stack right there uh, in that spot. Um, Philip Lindsay off the board. Anybody here have any interest? Well, I shouldn't say that because somebody drafted uh, David Johnson. Did one of us draft David Johnson? I can't remember if one of us in this. No, Plugga uh, did. Yeah. Plug. Okay. Um, I'm just, does anybody want any part of a Houston running back? <laughs> No. Not really. Touches are touches. Hey, touches are touches. And this I do think uh, David Johnson is going to uh, – David Johnson, like if there's one guy that I I would want, it's going to be Johnson. Uh, God forbid they actually have any, any plays near a red zone. Um, I think he's going to be the guy there. Uh, I, I just think there's going to be target share opportunity. Um, like somebody needs to touch the ball in Houston. So it's going to push all of these Texans down the draft board, but wow. one of them will at least have some value, I swear. I, I did like Lindsay when he was going in like the 12th or 13th because David Johnson has struggled to stay healthy and Mark Ingram is washed as wash can be. Um, so I thought Lindsay could have had a larger workload, but he's starting to climb up boards and the higher he goes, the less interested I'm going to be. I do feel like Florio, on one of our shows, we, we said, you know, is anybody going to take a chance on Mark Ingram? And I feel like I don't even think the art, the the pod had been posted for like an hour. <laughs> Mark Ingram <laughs> got signed uh, by somebody. I, he was I, like I, the I, first running back too to sign. Wild. Really quick, I just want to stay. The fact that I have, I I very rarely do a triple stack. Usually, I only just just stack you know one or two. Mm. You know, but but the fact that I was able to land Ridley Pitts and Matt Ryan and Mike Davis. And Mike Davis. Yeah, and oh, Davis. the quadruple stack. That's yeah, a, quadruple stack. Like, like that, that, that could be bad, but could, that could be good. I was going to say, it could be great or it could be miserable. 
but but it's interesting. In fact, it was very quiet too. Like we, I don't even, you know what? It's like when you're playing Connect Four and you somehow don't see that the that the other person mm. has like three three <laughs> tiles lined up. You're like, wait, uh, oh, like you very quietly put those together and all of a sudden just dropped in Matt Ryan. Uh, and then we're all turning over the board and wondering like how we let this happen. So yeah, uh, I, I I I had to just sit there and play stealthy, you know. Good on you. <laughs> Good on you. Also, uh, if there's if there's yeah. a running back to stack with the quarterback, I mean, Mike Davis is going to catch a good amount of passes. Very true. Uh, you know, and that was the one thing that they they didn't really have uh, with Todd Gurley the last couple of years because they just did not use him at all in the passing game. Um, so after Ryan Terrace Marshall, who I think could really make an impact with the Panthers this year, T.Y. Hilton, um, who's, I guess, on his last go-around, basically, with the Colts. Mark Ingram finishes out the 10th round. Jalen Rieger starts the 11th. Robbie Anderson, second pick in the 11th, which feels like really good value uh, right there. Uh, so uh, waiting on the third pick in the 11th round. Um, any, oh, okay. Ah, I was waiting on that. I had ah, that queued up. I had I'm that on Ross St. Brown up. goes third. I was so ready. <laughs> I was so ready. <laughs> oh, that was literally my next pick. All right, so now I'm going to just play a little bit of fantasy football oh. defense in the draft room, and I'm going to make sure that A.J. Brown, Ryan Tannehill stack doesn't happen. Ooh. Yeah, that's not bad, actually. Um, well, I guess it makes you feel better that you were going to take Amon Ross, and then I, I, you know, it, it wasn't going to get near me. So that makes me feel a little bit better. Uh, about that one um <clears throat> and i'm mm. looking and i'm i'm looking have there been any giants wide receivers taken i see you know uh, evan ingram is off the board galladay got taken galladay got outside of that got it um i mean okada what what do you make of this wide receiver room there in new york cuz they've they've got a lot of guys who are kind of good but I don't think there's anybody that is necessarily – well, and I'll let you finish your pick. You're, you're on the clock right now, so I, once you make your pick, I will – there you go. So Marvin Jones, uh, you take him 11.5. I mean, but, but your thoughts on this Giants wide receiver room this year? It's tough because the real issue is we don't know how much we can trust Daniel Jones because if it was Matthew Stafford running that wide receiver room or if it was Matt Ryan running that wide receiver room – I think we would like a lot of those receivers because we've seen production from a lot of them. And they added Kadarius Tony, which is an explosive playmaker. As a rookie, I would even like him. But the problem is we don't know what Daniel Jones can properly do to support a full cast like that. And if he is as bad as we've seen him be in stretches over his first couple of years, he's not going to probably be able to support more than Kenny Galladay and one of those guys, and we don't know which one of those guys it's going to be. So it leaves us in this tough place where after Galladay, it's kind of a crapshoot until we see Daniel Jones prove it. All right. So Tony Pollard uh, goes off the board after Marvin Jones. So now that puts me uh, back on the clock here. Hmm. <clears throat> well, since I went out and spent an early pick on Miles Sanders, maybe this is the time to go and get Kenneth Gainwell um, as just a little bit of insurance here. Um, so that brings me to another, another question, because one of the things we're all trying to figure out is how life is going to be now that we have a 17-game season. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Robbie, have you, have you started to build in any different draft strategies or roster building strategies, knowing that we've got one more game on the schedule? 
Um, not 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 so far. Not 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 yet. No. In terms of like at least I've commissioned. <laughs> I mean, I I don't know what to do. I, I mean, I feel like on the one hand it's going to be a big deal. On the other hand, I feel like maybe we're making more making a bigger deal out of it uh, than than it should be. I don't know. I this really is uncharted territory in so many ways what what it'll allow what it what it will allow is for fantasy football players to really experiment with the deeper part of of, of the waiver wire you already see you know in, in standard you know or, or in your normal traditional leagues where you get to that to, to the end of the season those last couple of weeks you're like why am i playing steven sims like you know why is this happening right now but it, it's a thing and it happens um so i think you it'll just add more knowledge to to the fantasy football player all right, so uh, after I took Gainwell, uh, Devin Singletary, who, Florio, you know my feelings on Devin Singletary. I like him. I think I like him more than the Bills do, and it frustrates me. Um, I He's working out, though, apparently trying to gain speed and elusiveness because he said he knows running backs like him don't last long in the league. So I'm a little bit more intrigued in Singletary than I have hey, been Devin. in the past. I mean, okay. That's all great. I mean, I, I it's great for him. Uh, I just hope that convinces the Bills to leave him on the field when they get down near the goal line. And that maybe if he is on the field, that Josh Allen will turn around and hand the football to him instead of just running it <laughs> in himself. Um, like, I feel like the thing that's wrong with Devin Singletary has nothing to do with Devin Singletary. It has everything to do with how, uh, how the offense uses him and that sort of thing. Um, so after Singletary, Big Bob Tunyon is off the board, who – uh, can we all say it together? Touchdown regression. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, like that's that's a for real thing that's probably going to happen to Tunyon this year. Um, but he's the 11.9. Kate goes with uh, Daryl Henderson at 11.10. Uh, Irv Smith, Florio, let Irv swerve. Uh, the hashtag is real. Um, <laughs> so you go uh, with him, the second to last pick in the 11th round. Zach Ertz uh, finishes out the uh, the 11th round does anybody does anybody think that that Zach Ertz is still going to be in Philadelphia at the start of the season mm, no I think it's pretty likely he's not where does he go uh in, do you have any idea where you'd like to see him go maybe that could help be good for him and and the team he goes to I'd kind of like to see him go to the Giants uh which maybe like that that's more of an NFL thing like I want to see him go to the Giants because I think he might uh continue to help raise that floor for Daniel Jones like again they've been uh putting weapons around him all off season I think it could be an interesting move that might raise his floor but uh it, it wouldn't be good for Ertz for fantasy I don't know where we could send him that would be good for Ertz I mean I guess Indianapolis and that's something that we talked about early was was Indianapolis um but who knows? Uh, so after Ertz, uh, the 12th round starts with Noah Fant. Um, Florio goes Antonio Brown, um, Oof. which, look, I, I'm not mad at it. I just, you know, it <laughs> makes me cringe because I took Chris Godwin early and uh, Brown was, AB was sort of the thorn in Godwin's side in a lot of respects. Um, so, uh, you know, that's all I got to say about that. Um, <laughs> uh, Devontae Parker going in the 12th round uh we had an auto pick that led us to Le'Veon bell um who uh look man when lev said late last year that he went to the chiefs partially because he knew he wasn't going to get a lot of touches i was like (laughs) 
why didn't you say this before? Like, why didn't you say this how you felt early? That would have saved a lot of us a whole lot of heartache. Uh, we wouldn't have really been worried about too many things. Um, so after left bell, Deshaun Jackson is uh, off the board. So um, I'm just scrolling through and trying to see where there's some possible some possible values. Oh, wait, really? Debo Samuel, don't mind if I do ah, in the 12th round. <laughs> I was debating him or Antonio Brown with that last pick. Debo Samuel, don't mind if I do in the 12th round. Uh, I will take that all day. Um, go ahead. Go ahead. Value. Congratulations. <laughs> do you think? Uh, I mean, that's, that, that is really like, that's like putting on a, uh, a pair of pants you haven't worn in a while and finding like five bucks in the pocket. Like, oh, <laughs> snap. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> um, which, which position, Robbie, do you think was impacted the most by the draft? Like, which, which position do you think had the most shifting in terms of value after the draft? Um, I feel like, 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 like after the draft, we learned that wide receiver is completely loaded, uh, which we, we, we realized that looking at this draft part, draft board, how quickly all the running backs went. Um, oh, okay, still still cool to pick. So, I mean, with that being said, it taught us, I, I feel like after the draft, it taught us that, that we can kind of, you know, still get deeper value in, 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 in our fantasy drafts like you just did uh, with Debo Samuel, Antonio Brown going off the board, Devontae Parker. All those receivers are all great flex plays. Yeah, I mean, I think I think I think this is going to be the thing for the last for the next few years. Uh, as you know, here we go. So we go Debo Samuel, Darnell Mooney, Michael Gallup, who I have been a fan of the last couple of years. I mean, Michael Gallup is going in the twelfth round, and I think the trend may be because we keep talking about how deep these wide receiver classes are. Right, last year was supposed to be an amazing class, and it was. And then people looked at this year's and said, "Wow, this year's class might be better," and it might be. Um, and I think this is going to be the trend. And I think that is going to just we're going to see a lot of churn uh, in the wide receiver position uh, in, in mock drafts and fantasy drafts for a while, because you're going to keep adding talent on top of talent on top of talent. Um, and you're going to end up I just I wouldn't be surprised if we see just a lot of really good wide receivers end up on the waiver wire to start the year just because mm-hmm. there's not room on rosters for all of them. Um and- I think the NFL draft thinned out the running back position too, while it deepened receivers. Like we lost James Robinson as an early round pick. We lost ETN who we were excited about as an early round pick, the Broncos guys. So I think it just naturally pushes running backs up more. And then the receiver depth is crazy. Yeah. I mean, the first rookie went off the board uh, to, to, to Kate, if I'm correct. Uh, if I, if I can recollect. Yeah, Najee Harris. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And that happened in the second round. I mean, you know, previously, you know, there, there were, there were guys that would, that would, you know, you had to get McCaffrey, you had to get Saquon, you know, you, you people will try and get that rookie stud right away. And, you know, case in point. So uh, Gallup, A.J. Green and Dallas Goddard uh, goes late in the 12th round, which that could end up. Look, if Zach Ertz does get traded, um, Dallas Goddard in the 12th feels like like stealing <laughs> at this point. Um <clears throat> Alexander Madison, Sammy Watkins, they round out the 12th round. Uh, start of the 13th is A.J. Dillon. Uh, in Florida, you talk about the running back position sort of being thinned out. I mean, we were hoping that Aaron Jones would go somewhere else, which would in turn have opened the door for A.J. Dillon to get a whole lot of touches. And right now that's not the case. So Dillon is sort of just kind of the backup. 
Um, I love that Cole Beasley pick. Cole All Beasley, right. um, you know, dropping bars, not balls. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jalen Hurts in the oh, 13th man. Round. Oh, that is a steal. That's to a, anyone that's... who thinks you need to take quarterback early still, the last four rounds have seen Stafford, Ryan, Tannehill, and Jalen Hurts. Yeah. That is nonsense. Uh, so, I'll go right. Henry Ruggs now uh, off the board in the 13th round. So I think that always that brings me back to my larger conversation about quarterbacks and quarterback value. Uh, I know that the the world is trending towards super flex and two QB leagues, which I get it. I still think that just sort of doesn't create value amongst quarterbacks. It just creates scarcity. Um, I still think that, you know, at some point we have to have a reckoning with how we score, how we do quarterback scoring. Um, and create some real, real actual tiers among the quarterback spot. You know, the fact that, uh, you know, you can still throw a number of interceptions and still have a pretty good fantasy season will never completely sit right with me. Um, but that, that, uh, that's probably a conversation that you don't start in the 13th round of a 15 round. Draft. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I'm saying there. Um, James White. Off the board, Tevin Coleman. Seven There's Coleman. your Tevin Coleman pick there, uh, Florio. <laughs> I mean, it, it maybe the Jets RB one. I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? Um, so he's off the board. I'm going to take Gus Edwards here, who as much as much as the Ravens keep trying to do things and people want to discount Gus Edwards, like he just keeps hanging around and he keeps getting opportunities. That is my favorite RB value right now because J.K. Dobbins is going in like the second round. And Gus Edwards, I mean, he's going to be a thing. They tendered him uh, and you get him 10 rounds later. Yeah. I mean, he's just he's just not going away no matter how much people want to believe it. Um, he just isn't. You know, at least Mark Ingram's not there anymore. So that's one less thing to to worry about. The body. Uh, so we got Yami Brown now off the board. Chuba Hubbard, which is just fun to say. Uh, gets drafted in the 13th. Denzel Mims uh, goes to Kate late in the 13th. Ooh, the Justin Fields pick. I love it. Uh, if, if I didn't gotta, already have two quarterbacks, I would have taken Fields at some point. Got to hedge my bet in case Rodgers is hosting Jeopardy and not playing quarterback. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, like I said, if I didn't have two quarterbacks, I was going to take a stab at Fields. I just couldn't, I couldn't justify taking a third quarterback uh, in this mock draft. Um, all right, so that gets us to just about the end of the 13th round. Um, I'm just going to throw this out there. Uh, who here likes kickers? And I'm not saying you got to draft. Like, if you don't want to draft one, you're certainly within your rights. I'm just, I'm just sure. throwing this out for conversation's sake. Does anybody here actually like kickers besides me? Like the kickers in our oh. leagues or likes kickers as people? <laughs> uh, let's assume that you like them as people and let's okay. let's talk about like playing fantasy football with kickers i, like I think it. we should be putting them in a flex i really do i like why isn't that more of a thing i none of my leagues have instilled that option to uh put a, a kicker in the flex but um i mean kickers really can put up some monstrous games and i know that's why some people uh, don't like them in their leagues because of the unpredictability. But um, God, if you could flex them and you weren't mandated to actually select a kicker, I think that would be so fun and give people a really interesting edge that they wouldn't otherwise have. I think for me, as uh, Florio goes back to the Charger, well, it had been uh, it had been several rounds since you had drafted a Charger. 
Uh, so you get Mike Williams. Get the LA guys. You get Mike <laughs> Williams in the 14th. Um, and uh, John Brown. I love that John Brown pick in the 14th. I looked at taking him uh, around earlier, uh, but I, I said I went Gus Edwards. Um, and we do have a kicker off the board, Robbie Gold. You cursed the auto draft. Yeah, it was, it was an auto <laughs> <laughs> um, Interesting the choice, of tippers too. Is part of why I love it because I think I think it's sort of a, a leveler, right? Because mm-hmm. I think we've gotten so good, uh, as good as can be in predicting the future. I mean, we we do a lot of predictive analytics and and we do projections and that sort of thing. And so people have sort of gotten good at trying to figure out all the other positions. And every argument I hear for getting rid of kickers is basically, well, we can't project them. And I'm like, that seems like a weak sauce argument. Um, And I I think the unpredictability of it um, allows for uh, kind of evening of the playing field uh, so, you know, maybe people who don't do this uh, all the time, like we do, who aren't maniacs for this, uh, you know, you have a chance to, to kind of get at it. At I some point, oh, oh, sorry, I was just going to say, like, at some point, you know, you have to keep football still into fantasy football. There are players, they are still on the field. Like, why not? Like, if you're putting money on the line anyway, or if you're playing for a charity anyway, you might as well just play at the highest level that you possibly can. I was going to say something kind of similar, which is that getting getting rid of kickers is like getting rid of the kickoff in the NFL. Like, listen, it almost always results in the same thing. and Every once in a while, it's something slightly exciting. So we could just put the ball in the 20, but it's part of football. Mm-hmm. So we want to keep it in there. It's it's awesome. I like I'll keeping be the, them. I'll be the anti-kicker guy. I mean, we all love Superflex. There's no two quarterbacks on the field. Like, it, it's a different game. And uh, I'm... I'm salty 100% because I once lost a championship a couple years ago when my kicker on Monday Night Football missed not one but two field goals. <laughs> so ever since then, I was like – because my opponent's kicker put up like 15. Ever since then, I was like, yeah, I don't want kickers in this anymore. No. <laughs> Very salty, though. Very salty. Uh, uh, just to catch up. So uh, the 14th round has gone Marlon Mack, Mike Williams, John Brown, Robbie Gold, David Njoku. Uh, I took Kadarius Tony, Youngway Koo. Uh, just came off the board. Uh, so Okada is on the board here. Um, thank you for engaging me. As Johnu Smith goes there, um, thank you for engaging me in that key oh, discussion. I know it's a, <laughs> kind of a fun thing to talk about. I'm um, also the same person that advocates for IDP leagues. So, hey. Wow. I hate IDP leagues. <laughs> Here's the I've never played in an IDP league that I felt was deep enough to actually be, you know, it's like, I, I, most of the IDP leagues I've played in have been like you pick two or three players and it's like, well, if one guy's not playing well or hurt, like it's not a challenge to go out and find a new guy. Um, but I also haven't felt like I wanted to go deeper in IDP leagues either. I, so. I once took over an IDP team and my linebackers were Khalil Mack and uh, and another one of the best in the league. And I was just like, I, I'm set there. And then someone, people were offering me linebackers and trades. And I'm like, I, I'm set. I, oh, it was Von <laughs> Miller. I was like, I had Von Miller and Khalil Mack. And they were like, yeah, but those guys are bad for fantasy. They don't score any points. And, like, the top-scoring IDP player was, like, Malcolm Butler when he was just getting torched down the field. And I'm like, if you're going to reward points for guys being yeah. bad at their job, I don't think it's a good fantasy for yeah. I, I feel you. I feel you. Um, so I, once upon a time, a, a long time ago in this job, I, I wrote an IDP column. And one of the things I learned early on in doing that was, uh, like, if you're looking at defensive backs, you don't want the shutdown corner. You want the guy across from him. Yep. Right? Like, 
you didn't want Richard Sherman at his peak. You wanted the other guy on the field, right? You didn't want Darrell Revis. You wanted the other guy because you're right. Like that other guy is getting targeted a lot. And so he's making tackles. He's getting chances to, to defend passes. He's getting chances for interceptions. Whereas, you know, teams would just avoid uh, that shutdown corner. And so while it seemed like a good idea on paper, it, it really wasn't. So, so, so I feel you. I totally feel you on that one. Um, Trey Lance has come off the board. Matt Okada took him uh, in the 15th round. Um, so just to kind of catch up, Logan Thomas this is the end of the 14th round. So after John U. Smith is Logan Thomas, Steelers defense, Jameis Winston, uh, presuming he's going to win that starting job down there in New Orleans. Uh, Sterling Shepard closes out the 14th. The 15th round goes Naheem Hines, Latavius Murray, Tyler Bass, uh, the Washington football team defense, Okada goes Trey Lance, Marshawn Lynch, is off the board. That's uh, fun. No word on whether That's he's an bringing, homage pick. No word on whether he's bringing Doctor Fauci'sy uh, with him. <laughs> um, and you know what? I'm going to do this. This is just for you, Florio. I'm going to take Tyler Higby there to go along with my uh, Matthew Stafford pick. Uh, Love it. To close out my draft. So uh, as we finish this out, after Higby, it's Justin Tucker, the Rams defense. Kate takes Brashad Perriman. Uh, Jamal Williams goes to Florio, and we end it with LaMichael Pirine. So uh, congratulations, folks. We have finished uh, our second mock draft of the offseason. Uh, I'm going to go around the horn. I will start uh, with you, Matt Okada. What uh, Was there a pick of yours particularly that you loved, uh, and, and was a pick of yours that you kind of wish maybe you could have back? Ooh. Okay, I can tell you the one honestly that I'll I'll take back right away, and it's it's funny because I tried to espouse the uh, legitimacy of the strategy of taking a quarterback in those six to eight round range because of their elite, right before the end of a tier nature. But then I saw Matt Ryan and Stafford go in the tenth, and Jalen Hurts go in the thirteenth, and I regret taking Justin <laughs> Herbert in the seventh. I will admit it happily. Um, as far as a pick that I love. I'm going to go a little deep here and say Michael Pittman in the ninth. It kind of went under the radar, I feel like. But in my opinion, Michael Pittman has the best chance to be the wide receiver one on a good Colts offense with a quarterback that I believe is still talented. I think he has ever, every opportunity to be a legitimate wide receiver, too, for fantasy. Uh, I love that. Absolutely love that. Um, all right, Robbie, which one do you like? Which one do you wish you could uh, do over again? Um, the one I'll start with, with what I wish I could, I could do over again. And, and that's that I assumed that, you know, you guys were going to catch on to, to, you know, kind of same thing that Akuda was stating, um, you know, the quarterbacks going, um, and I went ahead and I reached for Matt Ryan. Um, I thought that, you know, some of the other players that were going to pick after me right there at the 10, nine, uh, would have caught on. So I was like, let me go ahead and just secure this stack right now. <laughs> um, and then, and then one one that uh, I, I I really love. Um, I didn't also I didn't need I didn't need I didn't need two QBs, but you know I grabbed Tannehill just for defense. Um, but one <laughs> one that I love is is grabbing grabbing Kyle Pitts. Um, you know I want to I want to see how this kid turns out. He has all the measurables, uh, and that's one I'm excited about because until he steps on an NFL field, we don't know. The rest of my roster, we know what their upside is. We know what their ceiling is. I mean, he gets to be a unicorn until we find out he's not a unicorn, right? Like mm -hmm. <laughs> Exactly. So that's where the fun is. 
And I think he's going to be one of the most discussed players in drafts uh, up until the season starts. I mean, we're going to spend all summer trying to figure out exactly where he where he fits there. Uh, Florio, same question to you. Which one do you like? Which one do you not like so much? It's kind of chalky, but my favorite picks were my first two. Like those are my those guys are my guys, Austin Eckler and Cam Akers. And I think Austin Eckler could be in PPR leagues if they give him the touches near the goal line. I think his ceiling is the RB one in fantasy football this year. Mm-hmm. So. Getting him at 11, I love that. My least favorite pick, I know I'm going to sound like the other guys, it's Aaron Rodgers in the seventh round. Uh, Rodgers, one, is going to get a big, heavy dose of touchdown regression this year, I think. Two, is he going to be playing and where is he going to be playing? Um, But I kind of expected in a league like this, a draft like this, to get like a Herbert or a Dak in the seventh round. So to get Rodgers, I I don't love that. All right. Uh, And then Kate, same, same to you. Which one do you like? Which one not so much? Uh, chalk here again, but Dak Prescott, it, it really was just like a punch in the gut to see, uh, like a guy like Jalen Hurts go so late. Um, it (laughs) it killed my soul. Although I do think Dak Prescott is elite and probably still a value at that point. He could, uh, literally finish as a quarterback one if he's fully healthy. As for favorite pick, I've got to go with John Brown, uh, in the 14th round. I think that's absolutely bonkers. Yeah. Lots of lots of targets up for grabs there. Uh, John Brown, he's a, a studly veteran. Um, when he was actually like healthy and playing last season, he was averaging almost 60 yards per game. Um, and we're not even considering the fact that, yes, although it's disgusting uh, and we don't want to talk about uh, the Raiders or Derek Carr, um, he actually was pretty, uh, pretty accurate down the field. He was throwing nice deep balls uh and that's sort of john brown's thing i think he could be uh in like a weekly wide receiver too hey look nelson aguilar sort of unlocked the Derek carr deep ball last year so uh yeah. who's to say that that john brown can't keep that going i, yeah. I like that a lot and he was actually able to catch yeah like we have to retire the nelson aguilar meme like we can't we just we have to let it go he, he caught the football effectively last year but it's just such a good um, meme it's, it's pretty it's good. Such a good it really oh. is a good meme it really really is it's you know it doesn't matter what else he does in his career like he's always going to be remembered <laughs> um i will say that uh my least favorite pick was the mike gasicki one uh that felt it, it kind of felt like a panic pick uh you know in the middle of the round um yeah, especially especially when I saw like you know Tyler Boyd go like one pick later. I was like, you know, that would have probably been a better choice than than sort of trying to force feed Mike Gasicki into that slot. The one I love the most is, is Gus Edwards in the 13th. Um, you know, a guy that's still going to get a ton of touches in a run heavy offense. Um, you know, I don't I don't care that they drafted uh, a wide receiver that they got Rashad Bateman. They're still going to be run heavy. And and to get Gus Edwards that late, I feel great about, it. especially as uh, Florio mentioned, J.K. Dobbins going at the end of the second round to get to get Edwards, you know, 11 rounds later, basically. Um, I feel pretty, pretty good about that. So, um, hey, I appreciate all you guys coming in and uh, and sitting in and hanging out with me and, and doing this whole thing. Uh, let's just go around the horn. Uh, we'll start with uh, with you, Florio. What uh, where can folks find you? I mean, I want them to find you back on our show, which will be soon. But in the meantime, uh, how are you keeping yourself busy? Yeah, I, I will be back soon, Marcus. I miss you. I, I'm happy I got to do this show with you today. It's been it's been too long. It's been great. Uh, it, it, it and it was so much fun getting to do it with everyone here. It's just. 
awesome. And and thank you guys for including me. And uh, right now you can find me. Uh, I would say just follow me on Twitter at Michael F. Florio. That, that's kind of where you get everything in one. Uh, but also doing some shows on the weekend at SiriusXM and some writing uh, for Rotoballer right now. Tell Scott Engel I said hello. Will do. <laughs> um, Kate, where can folks find you? You can follow me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. That's where I post uh, like most of our stuff. Uh, you could find Ball Blast Football at BallBlastFootball.com. Check that out. Cool. Uh, let's see. Uh, Robbie, where can folks uh, find your work? Um, you guys can Google me, RumBoys.com, uh, at RumBoysRobbie on Twitter, RumBoys spelled with a Z, N-E-T, all other social media platforms. And uh, download the Sports Me app. Uh, it's available on both iOS and Android. That's a really dope platform that you guys can get at me over there and debate, so on and so forth. Let me know what you guys thought about my team today. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, Okada, we'll finish it out with you. Where can folks uh, catch up with you? Uh, at Matt Okada on Twitter. I try to keep it simple. It's just my name. Um, and at Ball Blast, same place you can find Kate and Michelle as well. It's a pretty right. popping area over there. And I am actually working on an article for Biggest Risers from the draft. So a lot of what we did today in this mock will be gathered up into that. Cool. Well, uh, I, like I said, I appreciate all you guys coming in and, and hanging out and, and chatting with me and doing this mock draft. Uh, I enjoy you know following and reading all of your work. Uh, and hopefully this won't be the last time that, uh, that we all talk, maybe even on this very platform as well. So uh, in the meantime, for us, that is it. We are done. We appreciate you hanging out with the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, if it was really a nonstop flight, you could never actually get off of it. Be safe, take care of yourselves, and we'll see you next week. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. 
Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. You ever get the feeling the city walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating your soul? You crave wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe chase some elk, fish a private stream. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there, and finding your own piece of it just got easier. Head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, location, the kind of hunting or fishing you dream of. Land.com. It's where the adventure begins.